0: We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. Not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation can. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here in Santa Monica, California. It is uh, Tuesday, April 25th, and
1: Julie and Leanne are with me. Julie, you're home in Dallas, Texas. How's everything? I'm back, there? In, I'm back in Texas. Uh, fine. I'm just still still. I have an afterglow going uh, this morning here, and we're going to be talking about it coming up about the big weekend that the Satellite Sisters. Uh, all kinds of satellite sisters had in Santa Monica. It was big, big, big. And Leanne, how's everything in Pasadena?
2: Good. I'm fine. Good. I have, I've had to move on. I have other things on on my list. I mean, sure. No time over us. us? us? You're over us. Okay, Leanne. (laughs) No. remember when I had to do that heart of darkness vapor in high school? Well, I yes. have a couple of magazine assignments that are hanging over my head like that Heart of Darkness paper. So <laughs> that's that's what's happening here. But I'm happy to be here right now on the air.
0: Okay. All right. Well, we did have so much fun this weekend. It was just great. We don't even know where to begin, so we just decided that Julie has to start. Well like <laughs> okay. where, where do you even begin? The
1: recapping of Five Sisters all together with all of you listeners. Yeah, that that was well just that it even worked okay because again <laughs> let's go over the basics that this started as a simple invitation for the satellite sisters some maybe not all satellite sisters to do something uh, in conjunction with the LA book fair. It was an invitation for a small speaking assignment at uh, the Santa Monica public library. But then Liz, because she has big, big ideas conceived of a big, big plan that this would really be the ideal time to have all five sisters, which is something we didn't even have when we were on the uh, the book tour in many situations, Mm -hmm. all five sisters in Santa Monica, and that if we were all going to be there, we should open it up and invite all of our satellite sisters that are listening to our podcasts, right, Liz? Because that's the well, way you think. Yeah, I mean, it just seemed like a, a nice weekend in Santa Monica. Like, as long as two of us or three of us are doing it, well, uh,
0: why not get everyone in on the action? That, right. was, that was the idea.
1: And so, uh, the first of all, the five sisters, uh, you know, Liz, Lean, and I are doing this on a regular basis. Sheila and Monica have sort of stepped out because of their professional commitments, but they agreed to show up in Santa Monica. And when we all got together prior to uh, the beginning of our talk, we couldn't even remember when we were all together last. That's so it was sort of um, all together mon- on stage. Yeah, yeah. All together on stage. So it was sort of monumental from a sister point of view. Uh, to begin with. And then we didn't know if, well, I think we had some sense that some people would show up to hear us, uh, but we didn't know how many people and that people would come from so far and Mm -hmm. that they would come with their mothers or their sisters or their friends or their neighbors or their other satellite sister friends that they've met at other satellite sister events. So that was, you know, that was the the auditorium's um, seat's Uh, 140 people, and we had 137 people show up, (laughs) right? Really? See, we told you not to panic.
2: We told you you'd get in.
1: No, so normally when you're doing these things, you
0: worry about not having enough people turn up. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, we started the last like three days. We were mainly all like, "Please don't let anyone come. Please don't let more than the exact right number of people get. Stop The exact right it, number of
1: people came." And the other thing about this event, as it was as as it was conceived by um, by Liz, is that there was going to be walking that you could park and walk to the event, that you could stand outside the event, that after the event there was going to be this after party and we would walk to that. Well, that depends on good weather, which which I know you get a lot of good weather in Santa Monica and that it's California. It's always, the sun is always out. But you know what? Sometimes it's not, right? And you've had the rainiest uh, year on record this year. So it was quite possible that it could have been stormy, which really would have, Uh, I think it would have dampened the mood a little bit if everybody Mm -hmm. was soggy, right? Or if there were high winds or if there was gloom or that marine layer had set in. I mean, the weather was glorious. So Mm -hmm. if you had gotten on a plane from New York or Philadelphia or North Dakota or Minnesota – You arrived in California, and it was California dreaming time there. It was. It
0: was California the way you want it to be.
1: Yes. I mean, it was clear skies, beautiful weather, comfortable weather. And so, I mean, so it just automatically puts everybody in a good mood. So that that was great. And then again, Liz, taking this whole thing to the next level, what was the multimedia approach? Because we are also going to do a live webcast, which was so fun to, uh, to 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 understand that people tuned in from all over the place to watch this uh, to watch the event. Well I mean that well that was really Yeah
0: that is super fun. If you go to the Satellite Sisters Facebook page, you can see all the commenting of the people that were watching both when it was live and then you can still watch it there it's all just recorded and posted there and people really started saying here's where i am here's where i am like i'm in maine i'm in florida i'm in seattle and that that was really exciting to see that people were just from all over i'm in the uk i'm in australia
2: that was cool well let's face it that was a miracle that that (laughs) worked. i mean come on Who's kidding? Yes, it was, Land. Because I mean... it started in your
1: garage, right? <laughs> because early on Saturday morning, uh, your son came over for a tutorial to show you how to operate a C stand and how to uh, to make sure that you you are going to be able to attach a phone or an iPad to this stand so that somebody would wouldn't have to hold a phone up for an hour trying to record uh, our Ask Us Anything presentation, right?
2: Yeah. When I told Brooks Liz's plan, like, well, her neighbor's just going to hold the phone up. He's like, yeah, that is not going to (laughs) work. It's like, no one wants to watch someone holding a phone up for an hour when their arm starts to shake. So that's when he stepped into action. But yeah, I just happened to have... 30 or 40 C-stands in my garage. So um, high-quality C-stands, as the people at the public library said. Yeah, that the Facebook Live list, that was a miracle. I have to hand it to you because – I just I was very suspicious that 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 was going to work, but we had a great setup there at the library. We had good audio, we had good lighting. It was a real stage, and so we were able just to mount the iPad on a C stand. Deb, Deborah, your neighbor monitored yes. the you know the 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 picture, and it actually worked. That was really yeah, unbelievable. Uh, yeah.
0: I mean, my biggest worry that was that it would work for like 10 minutes and then just stop. Yeah. And then all of you at home <laughs> who had rushed home on a Saturday afternoon to stare at your laptop would be disappointed and we would just get hundreds of um, – Complain. Complain.
1: It was, I mean, it's sort of like the weather. It just like this, you know, somebody was looking out for us, Liz, that that worked. And then pulling it all together was Corny Cole, our fearless producer, and her mother, Emmy, who played yes. key roles in uh, in sort of keeping things moving along, getting people signed up for the raffle, and uh, generally just whatever we needed. So that that was great. So, I, the presentation was fun to do. It was fun to hear people's questions, to hear their comments. Probably I think the only thing we might have done differently, Liz, is get you a taller chair because, <laughs> because, because um,
0: we – I commented uh, it, on that yesterday on Facebook. That as I keep looking back at these images, not only did I have a lower stool than you know the sisters on either side of me, which would be the two of you, I was sitting on it as opposed to just leaning against it. So it makes me look like I'm kind of in a baby chair. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I voted for standing. I do not like not. to sit on stage. I always prefer standing. So I just did because my. You look stool...
0: powerful, and you look good. <laughs> my <laughs> stool
2: was too tall and I tried to lean and it was super awkward and I just gave up. But um, no, the so question you could have given your chair. When I look at those pictures, I was like, Oh, maybe lean should have given Liz the taller
1: chair, but <laughs> in the moment we didn't know that. So no, that's was just, mm-hmm. we'll just put that in the show notes for, I don't know when. Uh, get Liz a tall. T- if anyone deserved a tall chair, Liz, it was you, and you didn't get oh, one. No, it
0: was it was fine. It was just funny. I didn't notice it in the moment at right. all. It was just looking at people posted a lot of great pictures in on our Facebook group and on the Facebook page. We have the video. So it's the more I look at the photos. it just like it just it made me laugh. The shorter you got.
2: The sh- <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we also want to thank uh, Hannah, our bookseller, who uh, who did it filled in. And she and Diane, our accountant and satellite sister listener, Diane Gray, who's who's also stood by Hannah's side. Uh, we, we had a lot of satellite sisters help us out. He was very yes. DIY. Yes, yes it was. It was not really a high-level production at all. That's why the whole thing had a miraculous quality to
1: it. Yes, it did. But here's the other part. Now, maybe, Liz, I don't know, you go to better after parties than me, but generally when there's an after party – it never works. You know, it's either the mood changes, the energy diminishes, the facility or the space is not right, and things just sort of, I don't know, peter out. But Liz had organized that after our, our hour-long talk and then uh, the book signing, that we would all just walk around the corner in the glorious sunshine of Southern California and end up at this place called, this delightful place called Esther's Wine Bar. Now, first of all, They had seating for everybody. People could sit down in little groups, inside, outside, and we, you know, it was so pleasant. And the best part was all the energy, all the goodwill, all the excitement of meeting Satellite Sisters and having Satellite Sisters get together, Satellite Sisters meeting individual sisters. It was all going on in Esther's wine bar. I mean, that was That was so fun for me to be able to spend time to really get to know some of the people that post all the time on our Facebook group and, you know, to just hear about their backstory, to hear more about their lives. I love that.
0: Yeah, that um, that really was great, because normally we don't get to meet enough of the people or you don't get yeah. to
1: spend time you yeah. get you don't get to have a detailed conversation with them it's usually like hi goodbye keep moving you know or something like like that <laughs> like the book line the how yes, I was running Leanne, the book Leanne. line. Leanne was at the front of the book Gotta line. It. yeah. She has very good penmanship, so she, her, everybody's, you know, <laughs> she's good on the dedications, uh, but she moves you down the line. You just have to, you got a couple, you got a nice little visit, but then you just have
2: to keep walking with your book. Stay with your book. Wasn't that what you were saying? Yeah, people like, a, <laughs> like a sandwich at Subway. Just keep with it. I, I think the key to the after party, though, was that it was at four in the afternoon and not two yeah. in the morning. And so that's why, <laughs> you know, that's why it was good. People were still awake and looking good and it was it was super fun. It was really Yeah, fun. and
0: that and Esther's is such a cute little place and not super busy at four in the afternoon. Right. So that's why even though I had told Maddie, who she's the manager of Esther's, you know, we could we didn't know how many people were coming. So I originally said it might be two dozen. And then I realized it was probably gonna be more than two dozen. So I bumped it up to like three dozen, maybe a little bit more. We definitely had double that and uh, but they just rolled with it. They put on, you know, she had anticipated that we, she was going to have extra uh, wait staff needs. So people just could sit in that outdoor area. We basically took over most of the restaurant and mm-hmm. Maddie was fine with it because at four o'clock in the afternoon, it's not their rush hour. And uh, so by the time we all wandered out six six thirty whatever, then actual customers were coming in. But you're right, everyone got. Well, we
1: talk. were
2: actual customers. It was a no host bar, so yes, people, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were because people bought us glasses of wine, which was yeah. very nice. So uh, many things, many things. You know, I also want to say those. Go ahead. Go Lynn. ahead.
1: Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say it just, you know, it's about making an effort. You know, so many people made an effort to come to that event, to come to Santa Monica, to get it organized. And, you know, they came in groups, came with their friends. And I I hope they feel like I I, I sense that they feel like it was well worth the effort. And it was an effort on our part to get it together. And, you know, kudos to Liz and Leanne who did did most of the work, all of the work, uh, Sheila Monica. And Caitlin and sort of, at our
0: publisher, Caitlin Hack. Uh, yes, at uh, we were Park sort Park. of
1: hanger honors. But, you know, to make all that effort, you know, it's worth it at times because it was such a fun afternoon.
0: Yes, well, we even got a thank you note, Julie, uh, from Barbara at the library. She is the public services librarian, so she's the one who was in charge of organizing everything that goes on in that theater. Like, people that weren't there don't know. Right before us, there was a piano recital.
2: So we- <laughs> I thought it was a bar mitzvah. I couldn't tell, because it was like... It was like 12-year-old boys. I was like, I know they don't usually have bar visit at libraries, but they have like cake so, and they're all dressed up. What was happening in here? Yes,
0: that was, and they had two giant grand pianos um, on the stage. So oh. in, the, in the quick changeover to the satellite scissors, they had to roll the pianos out of the way. Get those uh, stools out there. Reset up all the audio. So Barbara is in charge of all of the planning for all of the events that have to be back-to-back because it is a public library. You know, it's her job to just get lots of people to use the facility. So she sent us a note yesterday. She and it says, Many thanks to you and all the satellite sisters for the fantastic and uplifting program on Saturday. It was wonderful to see all the moms and daughters, sisters and friends who came out and had a wonderful time together. I'm sure the cafe owner also thanks you, as I heard they got a lot of business from your program (laughs) attendees. So Again, if you look at the Facebook group, you can see people posted a lot of photos of themselves in line. The The line became just the social happening of the day in Santa Monica. And people arrived because there was concern about capacity in the theater. So people were there two or three hours in advance at least. And so there's a little cafe right there in the library. So apparently they're happy to have us back anytime. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. The, another library um, worker did say she came through the book line at the end. You have the nicest people. The, these yeah, are the nicest people do. I've ever met at the Santa Monica Public <laughs> <laughs> Library. So, Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was great. You know, and when when you tell us your stories, I mean, there were people there who, with their friends where they've been friends for 50 years mm-hmm. or, you know, my mom turned me on to your show. And so, you know, yeah, we made the effort to fly here from the Midwest. Or like all of that kind of stuff. You know, Jennifer coming from Maine. I think she got the prize for having come the furthest. Um But then people were also they were exploring what Jules on the Facebook group called kind of the archaeology of the satellite sisters around the neighborhood. So there were people Darcy found Drugtown and posted a photo of Drugtown, which of course for many years Sheila had an Ongoing drama of things that happened to her inside Drugtown. town. People actually went to Baja Fresh again because of the years of hearing Sheila talk about Baja Fresh. So uh, people were posting photos of their cocktails from from the front porch of the Georgian hotel. That hotel also worked out great, too. So, you know, thank you. Thank you to Catherine, our travel agent, who did that completely free of charge. Yes, uh, made that possible for everyone. It was nice to have kind of a headquarters hotel, don't you think?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Again, the whole thing was a miracle. That it, it was all a came, miracle. Yeah, the sun was shining down on Satellite Sisters on Saturday.
0: I also, I appreciate the fact that there was quite a lot of love on Facebook for my shoes. So Yes, uh,
1: there's- shoes were getting very positive reviews, Liz.
0: <laughs> So people wanted to know the story of my shoes, so I let them know. That's the Monroe brand. I bought them at Nordstrom's. Sheila always recommends Monroe. Sheila, because she's, you know, got the bunions. So uh, she's always looking for uh, fashionable comfort shoes. So I let people know that it was the Monroe brand, Julie. And then other people in the group looked up the actual style. And that style of shoe is called the cookie. The cookie. Okay. So, I was wearing the, and then they found other places besides Nordstrom's where you can buy them. So, you know, the Facebook group just you j- just take it and run with it. Whatever you want. So so thank you for uh the love for the shoes. And it was just super fun to see uh everyone having such a good time, not only with the satellite sisters they came with, but with the satellite sisters they met in line yes, or exactly. chatted with at Esther's. And oh, thank you to Away Luggage. The winner of the luggage was also kind of a
2: thrill, right? She was little Phoebe and she was probably the youngest person there, but she was totally thrilled. She came from Glendora, California. So she drove in, but she had her mom and her sisters with her and her aunt and she just could not believe that she won that luggage, and then, like any good little eleven-year-old or twelve-year-old, she gave it to her aunt. So that yeah. was good. So, yeah, many. And things she planned to watch the webcast
1: a lot. Okay. That's what she told me on the way out. Because <laughs> she, I mean, she had that was it. That was it for Phoebe. That was pretty exciting, you know.
2: Yeah, she was. She was very cute. And they came afterwards to the wine bar too. They they stayed a long time. So the whole the, the party whole
1: continued
2: there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the whole fam. <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. We made the most of it. So did all of you who joined us, whether you were there in person or, uh, or online. So it was super fun. And that video is going to be posted forever or for as long as I leave it up there. (laughs) So
1: thank you again for coming. Thank you for all your comments for watching. It means so much to us. Yeah. it's just yeah you get a lot of you get a lot of love from people they know
0: a lot about us you know people really remember a lot of things we've said that we no longer recall so <laughs> it's good, it's good to have you out there reminding us uh, okay so then the rest of the weekend so monica was staying with me julie you were staying with Leon, right but monica was here at my place in santa monica so on sunday we went to go see our brother brendan uh, and then we swung by your place, Leon, for some um, very nice, like you said it would be light refreshments, but it was a very fresh ceviche and you but you gave Monica and me a, a tour of your garden, which I know you mentioned it a lot, but. Your garden right now looks absolutely spectacular. Thank like you.
1: Like Sunset sunset Magazine quality garden. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be just like a patch of dirt. Oh, no. You know, it's got sculptures. It's got rock paths. It looks... It looks bountiful as well. You've thank got you fruits, you've got vegetables, you've got
0: flowers, you've got climbing roses, you a profusion of roses. Yeah. Anyway,
2: really looking good, Liam. Thank you very much. Well, I, I would like to credit the rain, too. I mean, this is, you know, that we could have it would never have happened if the drought hadn't broken. So, uh, but thank you. Yeah, this is the week. I said to my husband, we should just put the house on the market right now, because it's never <laughs> going to look better than it looks out back right now. But yeah, it's been fun. It was fun to have you all and show off our garden. It was nice. It was great. Yeah, and
0: Monica got to meet Steffi, so she was excited to meet the new dog.
2: Yeah. Who who bathed perfectly, right? There's a little, you know, a little kerfuffle in the front door, but then she leaves you alone for the rest of your visit. She's not needy. Yes. She's not needy. <laughs> she enjoyed meeting Julie though. Julie, she was happy to see us when we walked in after the event. Yes Wasn't she did. I we I like I like Steffi. Yeah. She's a keeper. She's yep. very cute. She's very cute. Yeah, it was nice to have people over, and I have uh I have my college roommates coming in so, so this week. I have a college reunion, so uh, so we're just turning over the bed sheets here. I'm turning over the gift baskets. I'm doubling down. I have two bedrooms full. You know, doing a whole thing Thursday night for people coming into town. So it's happening. Wow. Here. The B and B is happening, <laughs> <laughs> and it's free, free. I mean, totally free.
0: If you're a friend of Liam's, yep. Uh, we believe, we believe in free. Yeah, we pulled off a lot of stuff this weekend that was mainly free. So, uh, <laughs> that's. I think that
2: could be the flaw in our business model. It is that. It? I think. <laughs> yep. I think we have figured out. Ooh, the gap in the plan. Yep. <laughs> it's why we're setting up our own c stands and schlepping our own books and. Yeah, uh, relying on Corny's mom to manage the line. <laughs> <laughs> she did a fine job <laughs> I sent her a nice thank you note yesterday. She did an unbelievable job working that fish uh, bowl, working that fish okay. getting those names into that fishbowl <laughs>
0: uh, okay well, moving on um, last night, I went to a professionally organized event, uh, which was also fun you know completely different spirit than you know the satellite sisters event. but last night was the premiere when I was still at National Geographic Channel about a year ago now. Uh, we began work on a project that is a 10-part series about Einstein from the Walter Isaacson biography of Einstein. And the show is called Genius, and it premieres tonight, Tuesday night. If you're listening to this today, it will premiere tonight. If you're listening to this tomorrow, it will still be on the air. Just go to National Geographic. They repeat it a million times. But anyway, so Einstein's a 10-part series, and it's Produced by Ron Howard and Brian Grazer, who, you know, are obviously they've done a million things and they've won Oscars, but, you know, they did A Beautiful Mind. So they're very interested in telling stories about, you know, people um, who kind of understand things about the universe that the rest of us, uh, there's no way we're going to understand it. But what what was super, super interesting about the show is that it puts Einstein in a historical context, but in the TV series, there's a young Einstein and an old Einstein. Because I think if you're us, or if you're me anyway, you kind of think of Einstein as like, ooh, crazy Einstein, the professor at Princeton, right? Sort of nutty, nutty old man. But he was actually kind of wild in his youth. And you can imagine quite iconoclastic. But also there was a lot of like, you know, Various wives, and even cheating on those wives, and he was really a big Romeo, wasn't he? A big he Romeo helped. when he was young, and so they decided in the book and in the TV series they want to show you sort of both sides. It's sort of the man behind the mind, is what they called it. So the 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 old Einstein is played by Jeffrey Rush, and he is just fantastic. Oh, I bet he's uh,
2: great. Oh, that's he perfect is, casting. Yeah,
0: He's just perfect in that. But the young Einstein is played by this South African-born British actor named Johnny Flynn, who looks like a slightly younger version of Oscar Isaac, uh, oh, the way wow. they have him. He's very, yes, very, very looking attractive. Looking
2: now. Looking, yes. <laughs> <laughs> which, looking Getting which right on that. Which is important.
0: It's important that he looks super attractive because he's you know, sleeping with half the people in the TV show. And uh, so the so you have Johnny Flynn and Jeffrey Rush as uh, young Einstein and old Einstein. You have Emily Watson playing Elsa Einstein, um, his wife, and you get you get the story of this amazing man. In the historical context, so, you know, growing up at the turn of the century, you know, 1900, but then you see the rise of Nazism in Germany, uh, you see his concerns about that and how long he stays in Germany versus then deciding to move to the United States. And I realized, like, I really don't know very much about Einstein at all, right? Like, E E equals MC squared, which I couldn't even explain that if I had to. But there's that. And then there's like the crazy Einstein photos. But I really don't know much about how his life unfolded. So it was really fun to see the whole first episode. I definitely recommend it. Uh, and it's very – like it's super cinematic. So Ron Howard directed the first episode, which is very unusual for him to direct um, an episode of television. So Ron Howard directed it. Hans Zimmer did the score. So it's like a mini movie, but you're going to get ten of them. So I completely recommend it. I, and I had a lot of fun going to the event because – I got to see a lot of my former colleagues from National Geographic, who I had not seen since I left last summer. And Did you go to a good after party, Liz?
1: Was after it as, party was, as Esther's Wine Bar? I don't know. It was very different, Julie, but it was very well done
0: because they had all of this – Crazy stuff going on at the after party. Like they were playing with the time space continuum. If you can imagine that as kind of an entertainment theme. Uh, But for instance, like or they were glad
1: we didn't tackle that as a satellite (laughs) sister. Yeah, people
2: had enough problems with what time is two two o'clock Pacific Standard Time. (laughs) What time is the live stream? (laughs) That was throwing people. It's two (laughs) o'clock. Yeah, so,
0: but they were making physics jokes, like, at the various food stations, Uh, one sign said uh, E equals MC chicken, and another sign said life of pie, but it was the sign pie, not, they were, it was a pizza station, so it was pizza pie, but ha ha ha, physics jokes, so, um, you know. That's pretty lame, I gotta say, that's, that is, (laughs) that's
2: some low-hanging fruit there.
0: I know, but it was anyway. It was okay. loads of fun. And when you go to these shows, Lee, I think you've probably been to one or two of those because almost everyone in the theater worked on the actual movie or television show. Oh, they are so enthusiastic! They are clapping. They are like when the credits come up for like who I. I was clearly sitting with the sound engineers because any kind of credit for sound. Oh,
2: yay! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is fun about going, almost any movie in LA, someone claps claps at the credits. People clap, first of all, and then people stay for the credits, and then they'll clap during the credits, because they know someone in the credits. Yeah, it's kind of fun. So
0: season one, Genius, premieres tonight, but season two will be a different Genius. So Mm -hmm. they've announced that there will be a season two, but they have not yet announced who the Genius will be. Oh, that's
1: cool. Yeah, that's good. I think that's an intriguing series. Okay, yeah. I hope it's yeah, Marie be...
2: Curie. Come on. Oh, that
1: that would be great, <laughs> right? All right,
2: come on. Let's start starting with the Yeah. So the uh, I mean,
0: She so, died yeah, of home. her
2: own poisoned experiments. It's incredible, Marie Curie. <laughs> uh, okay. Well.
0: well, Leon, you know you should pitch that to one of the executive producers of the show, Francie Calfo from Imagine Television. Oh. Oh. You know. Who with the Perfect. Satellite Sisters have known for a long time because she's a listener. She's, she's a famous... She's got eight brothers and sisters. And so every once in a while, we bump into her. She calls us. And, you know, she's always been very enthusiastic about Satellite Sisters. So the anyway, she's going to help make the decision. So you might want to just pitch Marie okay. Curie now while you have a chance, especially if you have a script. Do you have a Marie Curie I don't, script? I don't
2: have... But remember, we did that great Marie Curie book on Satellite Sisters. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that biography? Yeah, that was fascinating. I didn't know anything about her. I mean... Other than like Marie Curie like her name. But she, and she's
1: supposed to have written the best PhD um, thesis ever written. To, yeah. that's her, oh, really?
2: To I, I really oh. hope they go with her. Yeah. Her husband okay. got so much of the credit and she did all the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Okay. okay. Anyway, right. Einstein,
0: I, I recommend genius. Put it on your DVR. I
1: okay. Am. Good report, Liz. Okay. I have three women sisters that I want to talk about. Um, first is Serena Williams and the absolutely wonderful. So somewhat a little bit surprising, great news that she is pregnant and that if you do the math on her pregnancy, it means she was pregnant when she won the Australian Open. Okay. that
0: is so amazing. I, I,
1: I mean, Leon, you and I have been pregnant yep. and you know how off balance that puts you, right? I mean, I mean, to be, well, not to- if
2: you're just lying in bed for the first eight weeks, like I was. i was not off balance because i was just either throwing up or lying in bed so yeah
1: (laughs) i I mean it just it just once again it proves that serena williams is one of those athletes that's just in a category all of her own you know she's in a stratosphere as an athlete and the fact that she could play at that level you know at her age and be pregnant uh And win a major tennis tournament is just so amazing. So, I mean, that – the beginning of the week, I just – as, you know, I'm sort of a secret tennis player. I don't like to tell people that I play a lot of tennis because of what I look like when I play tennis. So I just – you know, (laughs) but but I admire great – tennis. I love – we love watching tennis matches. And I have admired her as a player. And it just adds to my admiration uh, that she's doing that. So I was – really shocked and alarmed to read the news a little later in the week that the has-been male player Ely Nastasi, who had the nickname Nasty when he was on the men's tour, was overheard saying a racist, a horrible racist comment about Serena Williams' um, unborn child. I mean, he I was at a stop. news conference. He was at a tennis news conference and made... You know, made some terror, which I'm not going to repeat. Okay, please don't. Uh, I don't even know what it
2: was, but look.
1: I mean, and then so Serena, because she is again in a stratosphere, greatest of all time, yeah, greatest of all times. She has posted on her Twitter and Facebook account. Um, a, a, you know, she has a response to Ely Nastasi, and she she wrote that it disappoints me to know that we live in a society where people like Ely Nastasi can make such racist comments towards myself and my unborn child. I mean, I really was in tears when I read that. You know, here she is; she has a child, and you know, stupid Ely Nastasi goes after her unborn child. And she writes on that you may shoot me with your words. You may kill me with your hatefulness, but still like air, I rise. Oh, wow. Nice. Okay. Nice.
0: Yeah. Pulling out a
2: little Maya Angelou there. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. just, I mean, what do you think? What do you yeah.
0: think? I say always go to the Maya right. when you're looking yeah. for uplifting yeah. statements. Just, just open into your collection of Maya Angelou. That, yeah, she's amazing. Good for her. Well, yes. she, I think she's l- learned to just rise above throughout her entire career.
1: So great. That's great. I know. I am. I mean, so I just, I want everybody to just put the circle of protection around. I never thought we'd have to protect Serena Williams because she seems to be doing just fine by herself. But I just, I just felt like I, you know, yeah. on a very human basis that you would you would ever do say something like that to a woman who is pregnant. I just, I really, it just, it hurts me in a very deep way. So I am going to try to rise like the air now.
0: Okay. He is dead to us then. No more. Well, we will never mention his name again. Okay.
1: Okay. That's it. That's he's off. Okay. (laughs) Now, as I was, uh, the other woman I want to talk about is Peggy Whitson, of course, or Whitson. She is the astronaut that is breaking all kinds of records. Okay. 57 years old. She has the most spacewalks of ever, of any woman. She is the first woman to command the International Space Center and a space station. And now she has bro- broken the record for the most time in space. Amazing. Okay. Amazing. Well, well, I know. I mean, Liz, Oof. I was thinking my, that was exactly my reaction because of <laughs> it's been so bad on airplanes lately. Like, I don't even want to go on airplanes anymore. And here she is. She is just out there she is out there i know the it's amazing she's a farm girl from iowa phd in biochem and she you know and now she is of the generation of astronauts they're no longer like you know so glamorous you know it's not we don't even know their names until they do something like this yeah. i mean it's not like the original astronauts or something like that that were so famous and you know these are more just really working professionals that just are spending an inordinate amount of time in space but mm-hmm. she's out there doing that so thank yeah, goodness it's amazing and uh, I guess she, you know she may be around for the
2: trip to Mars. I don't know, but that kind of interesting. I'm sure they're monitoring her and studying her, just in general. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if she has any fantastic health benefits from all that gravity-free time. Yeah, you know? I, I, I or whether it's uh, like less wrinkles. You think? Yeah, or I, <laughs> I sagging. I was thinking particularly sagging, Julie. <laughs> Just all over sagging. <laughs> or
1: whether there's a difference between men and women uh, with their time yeah. and space, whether so women are yeah. more suited to be astronauts than men, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So if you know, go ahead and write to us at Satellite Sisters. We'd love to hear. So and the third woman that I want to talk about this week, because she seems to be everywhere this week, is Cheryl Sandberg, the Facebook's uh, chief operating officer, who has a new book out. This is her second book. It's called Option B facing adversity building resi- resilience and finding joy um she of course i think a lot of people know her from her first book lean in and then her husband died very suddenly and uh she and a psychologist have ri- written a book where they're really looking at you know the issues of grief and grieving and trying to work through some you know, some horrific event. Maybe, maybe it is someone in your, you know, someone close to you that dies suddenly, but she also has broadened the topic. So it's, you know, maybe you find yourself in prison or that you have a serious disease or some, you will face adversity that you could not imagine or do, don't feel that you're equipped for. So, um, this is, looks like a very interesting book. You know, I had some problems with lean in, you know, cause I felt mm-hmm. like, I was from the generation of women that had done plenty of leaning, and it didn't really get us quite as far yeah. as as i as i thought you're still bitter you're
2: better. still still no I know, I, know I am
1: a little bitter, but I'm trying to get <laughs> over it. but I think she has she has made, it, it seems from the reviews i i saw on in the interview she did on ABC about. You know, even things that we've talked about here on Satellite Sisters about what you should or shouldn't say when someone is is grieving, you know, that she said in many ways she felt invisible after her husband died. You know, she felt like it was she was the elephant was always in the room and that many people were reluctant to mention it because they they want to avoid painful conversations. And uh, but, Leanne, you have always said to, you know, to to address it and that uh, we learned that from, you know, with the passing of our parents, that even if you just say, you're sorry, right. it can mean so much to people, you know, uh, or, you know, instead of saying Cheryl Sandberg writes that instead of saying, how are you, you say, how are you today? Acknowledging that, you know, people who are going through or facing adversity, you know, it's never good, but maybe there is something good going on today. So, uh, You know, she talks about resilience and that many people can, you know, and it sounds like she has tried very hard to, you know, to uh, to be resilient about this. And there's what she calls the three P's uh, that that when you know that uh, that when you're looking at something difficult, that you have to really overcome three three P's. Number one, personalization, the belief that somehow that what the terrible situation you're facing is all your fault. You have to overcome that. Mm-hmm. Number two, pervasiveness. It is the belief that this event will affect all areas of your life, you know, and that it, you cannot compartmentalize it. And the third P is permanence, that that because you have now faced this terrible situation, it is always going to be like this. And, it, you know, she has tried to address each of these three Ps in her own recovery from grief, you know, and that... You know, that it's you know, it is she was it's not that she isn't missing her husband, but she is trying to address the grief in her life. So it looks like it's going to be a very interesting read and that it may be very helpful to. To many people um, who not you know, maybe who lost a spouse, a partner, or who are facing other adversities, it's it's also interesting to note that at Facebook that they have just uh, addressed their bereavement their policy for their employees, and now they give up to tw- twenty days of paid leave to for um, for employees if, huh. if they're case of the death of an immediate family member. Liz, don't you think that's a lot? That's exceptional to have that kind of bereavement policy? Yeah, I mean, I know the companies where I've ever worked,
0: there was not a formal bereavement policy with set number of days, and then people start calling you to come back. Like there, during the whole time mom was sick, for instance, like I was barely in the office. And then, you know, after mom died, and then dad died, I had a feeling that, like I was just supported at work, whatever I needed to do, I could do um, obviously some companies it is it is much more formalized, but it is important uh for companies to recognize these kinds of transitions for their employees are are huge difficult things uh i I've read a bunch of the things that Cheryl has uh published as op ed pieces just over the last couple of weeks, and one thing that really struck me is, you know, she was very worried. Her husband's name was Dave. Everyone loved Dave. Dave was everyone's favorite person and just seemed like super friendly guy and that her kids were young enough when he died that that they had, you know, memories of him right now. But she was worried that 10 years from now they wouldn't be able to remember the interactions that they had had with their father like right now. So she recorded them talking about their father and telling funny stories about the or important stories about their father Not, uh, so that mainly like ten years from now or thirty years from now, they can play it back, watch it again, and remember what they knew about their father, mm. which I thought was oh really, that 's
1: lovely yeah really,
0: really an interesting thing to do. Uh, because it is true that you, as your memories start to fade and she just, she wants, she wants Dave to like stay alive in their minds and hearts. And that was one of the ways that she did that.
2: Hmm, That's nice. Nice. Yeah. I saw Uh, her on Colbert last night and you know, he lost his father at a very young age and I think a sibling, right? I think I, – but uh, – and so they, they had a really moving, very personal conversation. I mean about as personal as you could have about grief and just these, like getting hit with those grief bombs for years afterwards and sort of the powerless feeling of grief that you just – you want to go back and change everything and you can't. It was – yeah, it was a really very personal conversation. So – I'm glad you mentioned well, her, Julie. She's uh, Yes, she's three important
1: women this week that are making important contributions. So uh, just wanted to share that with people.
2: All right, because I'm going to add one more. I saw this okay. headline, and I thought this is our shot. This is maybe the only time we can ever win a gold medal in track and field. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay, now you have my attention. <laughs> yeah, yesterday, I want to hear you this. Yesterday at the World Masters game, a woman named Man Carr... A 101-year-old woman from India won a gold medal running the 100 meters, okay? (laughs) 100 meters. Now, she was on the track with two women who were 85 and 88, but they were not in her age group, so they both finished in under 30 seconds. Man, car, crossed the finish line in 74 seconds to win the gold medal in the 100 meters. Wow. So it's all about work in the age group thing, right? (laughs) That's it. I mean, because that is not a fast time. I have to say, (laughs) that is not fast. So considering the world record is like 10 seconds. So... (laughs) And I like the fact that they even used the word sprinted in the article because (laughs) I'm sure it was really more like shuffled. But I think the point is, there she was at 101. She had retired from master's track at 93, but Uh once she turned 100, she decided to make a comeback and show people that it could be done. And then it said, the article said she did a great finish line dance. So. (laughs)
0: Wow, so that's her. Rightly, and this, this is within reach. Yeah, we live that long.
2: Yeah, she's also. I mean, just watch for it because she's also entered in the two hundred meter, the javelin, and the shot put later this week. So <laughs> she she could be a four time gold medalist if she lives till the end of the week. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Well, that leads me to
0: a very brief uh, Operation Sea Turtle update. Um, I have no competitive things on my schedule, but, you know, Operation Sea Turtle is my health and wellness program that I.
1: Liz, you look very healthy and well when we saw you at Santa Monica.
0: Yes. Feeling healthy and well, Julie. Thank you. Just channeling the spirit of the sea turtle. Um, You know what? But one of my short term deadlines was trying to look healthy and well for the event that is now past, Right. Saturday. So it's easy to fall off the wagon the moment the deadline goes by. Right. So this is why, as I mentioned on previous shows, I scheduled my annual physical for next week. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm in the countdown to next Monday. So the, and I was at, it's quasi annual. I think I haven't seen my doctor for like 18 months. Uh, but it meant that like, Saturday, we did whatever we did and ate and drank whatever we ate and drank. But then Sunday, Monica and I got up and went for a nice walk on the beach. Yesterday, I swam laps. I'm just back back into Operation Sea Turtle more quickly than I would normally recommit because I've got this hanging over my head. <laughs> <Hanging over> my- <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you try to remember like, okay, the last time you were there, what was your actual weight you can 't <laughs> remember you look am i am I close to where I was last time? Could I be under miraculously uh, i really i don 't exactly recall, so that will be the big surprise on Monday is when I see what 's on the chart from the last time I was there so um, so the 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 exercise thing is that 's where it all is for me, but I have completely. Fallen off, with all of the excitement over the last six days, fallen off the meditation bandwagon. <laughs> you
1: know, having, having... Why? You can go to Esther's Wine Bar. Why, why meditate, Liz? That's the way I feel.
0: Well, here's what I did last night, Julie. I came back from the Einstein premiere, and I thought, oh. I thought, okay, you really want to get back on the bandwagon. You have all these guided meditations on your phone. You could try that. But instead, I watched um, Madam Secretary on my VCR. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I was just in the mood to watch Madam Secretary, and uh, so I did, and I know you guys are doing a recap later, but uh, it was a very good... Very good episode I was, I was glad I watched, but then one funny thing on the eating part of Operation Sea Turtle, so Saturday night, after you know we had had the big show at the library, then we had the big party with all of you, and then we went off and had had dinner together, which was also very fun and so we're, we're at this place having dinner, and the the special appetizer at the restaurant for the night was something they called halibut avocado toast. Mm-hmm. which you know Leon immediately ordered two orders of that cuz that sounded like that would that would hold us over till we could actually order our dinner cuz we were
1: hungry from talking yeah. yeah
0: yeah so the halibut avocado toast arrives we're all really enjoying it um until i i don't know whether it was Leon. somebody noticed that the halibut avocado toast had no actual avocado on it <laughs> So from an Operation Sea Turtle point of view, I was fine with that because I was thinking, okay, this is really just smashed fish on bread. The bread I can handle, but like without the added calories of the avocado, that's good. So then there was a brief discussion about why the halibut avocado toast had no avocado on it. And Sheila's theory was <laughs> is that avocado toast has now just become like a a metaphor for any food mm-hmm. – where you just have something smashed on bread. So, you know, that, that's what avocado toast means. Now, it doesn't, you shouldn't assume that it has avocado <laughs> on it. It's just, it was true. Right? What's that her theory? And, and we bought it. 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 Yes. We totally yep. bought it. Yeah. Like, maybe that's true. Maybe avocado toast is not just the generic term for stuff smashed on bread. And what we have is the halibut. Avocado toast. the had smashed on bread. So then the waiter came by, and somebody commented, like, how much we liked it. And the very high concept, avocado toast with no avocado. And he's he said, what do you mean? We're like, well, there was no avocado on the avocado toast. And he was stricken, wasn't he, Leon? He, he was. was like, I mean, we had
2: eaten every bite of that avocado toast. <laughs> so we couldn't actually prove it because we didn't even think to leave any evidence. Yeah, I mean, his face, he... He, he, they looked at their pad. Like, did I get the name right? It's not, yeah. And then, then the restaurant sprung into action. Then there was managers alerted, the kitchen staff alerted. <laughs> I mean, we had no idea what we were setting in motion. We, we explained to him we thought it was just a concept. That's why we didn't complain <laughs> right off the bat.
1: And we were, we were, we were
2: fully satisfied. Yeah, right? we weren't. Yes, asking we were not for complaining. More. It was no. just an observation. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and then, so then, what did they do? They brought two gigantic plates of avocado toast <laughs> with avoca- avocado halibut. It was toast. like a quadruple order of
1: avocado toast, chock full of avocado. <laughs> yes. So, which was great for all of us.
0: Uh, and we enjoyed it and thanked them. But from an operation sea turtle point of view, I was like, Oh God, no, no. We've got the avocado toast with the avocado. <laughs> and of course I have to have some with the avocado on it. It was well worth it though. Definitely worth the calories. Didn't necessarily need the two rounds, but, uh, I know we saved a little bit of that and you guys took that home. Um, but it was, uh,
2: it was not the same the next day. I can tell you that. I mean, the, uh, the halibut was good and I am going to try to reverse engineer it because it was like almost, like, it was like a grilled halibut ceviche with the little pepper in it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the, the lime really came through yeah. It was well seasoned. It was delicious. And then chunks of avocado. It was good. Mm-hmm. It was very good.
0: Yeah. I, I just want to say though, that here's the lesson, uh, if you can convince yourself that avocado toast doesn't need to have avocado on it, you can pretty much convince yourself of anything. Yeah. And, that's, and we did.
2: Yeah. Your, your, we have lived in Los Angeles too long. That just, It's just a concept. There's no actual avocado.
1: It's, it's a derivative. <laughs> we were just going with some derivative toast there. Anyway, that
0: was great. So there you have it. Operation Sea Turtle got my Monday deadline yeah. just working towards that. Wish me luck.
2: Good. Good work, Liz. All right. Well, I have my college reunion this weekend and I have a really fun thing on my to-do list. Um, You know, I uh, am the only one of the Satellite Sisters that actually did radio before we were hired (laughs) to do radio. And- uh, Yes, we used
1: to rely on your expertise when we were first starting. Yeah. So I- what you were talking about.
2: I I had a a show on my college radio station for three out of the four years I was there. So this weekend, Alumni Weekend, they have slots open for alumni to come back in and do a set on the radio. So that's what I'm going to do. You're going to do that? Yes. I didn't. Get that a... is great. Yeah, I'm pretty psyched. Actually, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" This, I'm kind of nervous, like playing music and talking about it. Oh, I haven't done that in a while. And the best thing is, like, at some point a couple of years ago, my friend Liz, my high school friend, sent me an air check that I sent her a cassette tape. Of one of my shows from December 1984. So I am going to try to recreate a portion of the playlist if they still have those songs at the radio station. (laughs) I don't have any idea how they get music on the air now. I mean, (laughs) I don't know how it works we We had actual records, and we put them on record players and we you know did the needle drop and then you'd have like three or four seconds to back announce or four to promote and then that's uh i don't know how the music gets on the air now i don't I don't know what it is they went to cassette cart they went to cartridges for a while it's probably all m p threes i don't know, so they are going to have people you know younger. Uh, Undergraduates there to help us on the air. But I'm going to try to, you know, the DBs, the replacements, the oh, REM, the Ramones, uh, Elvis Costello. Wow. This is a great set, Dream. City so you kid. can go back, Leanne. You can relive <laughs> your youth.
1: Okay, on the I'm, radio, you can do that. I'm right? doing it. Lou Reed. Okay.
2: This is quite a uh, the outlets, the Drongos, the Leaving Train. She's really <laughs> quite a set. So, I probably won't get to play all those songs, but that's it. So that's I'm excited about that. I'm excited about seeing some friends and. Doing all that kind of stuff, and mainly being back on a KSPC, the space. So, nice, there you go. yeah, nice. psyched.
0: That's, That's exciting. Well, will have fun with that. The I just want we were there. One thing I wanted to mention, you know, we were joking about how our business model is that everything is free, <laughs> and we still have to figure out like what the long term implications of that are. But for those of you who are who do want to help in any way you can, we I think we uh, we mentioned this on the show. On the live show, but it really does mean a lot to us if you go to uh, iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere you listen to us and you rate our show. So can I just get that plug in one more time? Rate it and review it, but especially if you don't have time to write a whole review, you can think about that as long as you want. Just go in there and hit five stars, and then we're good. So, okay? <laughs> we're grateful for all your support. That's, that's just the last thing you can do uh, as the support for the events like we had this weekend. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Liz. Good. We'll do. Okay. Well.
1: Have fun at your <laughs> reunion, Leon. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I've got a. I've got an HOA meeting to look forward to. So got that going on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we are the Satellite Sisters. You can please join our Facebook group, like our Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter at Sat Sisters. Uh, the same on Instagram. Lots of people posted their photos from this weekend with the hashtag Sat Sisters for "You're the Best Sat Sisters YTB." So you can go look at all of those photos. And uh, thanks, everybody. We're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.